Lord always, I'll say it again, rejoice. There's a whole lot that we have to rejoice about today, and I hope that as we go through the next few minutes that you'll just rejoice with me about many different things. Um, today is Father's Day, and that's a very special day, and it's, it's an exciting day. Um, for me, today is a day where I'm really rejoicing because my dad is alive. Last year, my dad, during the summer, uh, nearly died of uh, what was near a heart attack. Um, and he had triple, triple bypass surgery and all this, and he's healthy and he's alive. And today I'm rejoicing about that. And I too am a dad, and so I'm rejoicing at the fact that God has entrusted two precious little ones to me uh, for as long as he'll give them to me. He's entrusted them to me, and it's a great blessing. Father's Day is one of those days, I think, that it evokes a lot of emotion differently in all of us. Because for some, it's a, it's a bittersweet day because your father has gone on. Because he's no longer here in this world. And so you look back on those mem memories fondly, um, and that's the sweet part. But the sad part is that he's gone. He's not here with you. For others, you may, this may be a day that's just kind of rough for you because you think of your dad, of your father, and it's, it's not something you celebrate because he wasn't someone you looked to or he didn't take care of you. So Father's Day is a day that brings a lot of emotion it's something that it, it draws that emotion out of us, just even hearing someone say, Happy Father's Day. And today, I want to talk about something that brings out a lot of emotion in us. It's something that I feel like brings out a lot of passion in us, but sometimes we look past it. And so, I want to start out with just by saying that a picture is worth a thousand words. And a picture draws out emotion in us that sometimes we don't get from just information, just, just thinking about something or just reading something. A picture can really draw that out of us. A picture is powerful. It's something we can relate to. It's something we can experience. And it's something that um, as we go on throughout our lives, we look at it and maybe see something differently than we would have 10 years before. So if you want to go ahead and throw the uh, slides up, I'm going to ask we do something a little different here. Um, we are rejoicing, we are celebrating um, God and what He is doing in our lives and at Camp Deer Run. I'm going to ask our staff, um, Cade, if you'll lead, um, My Soul Magnifies the Lord here in a second. If you guys know that song, please join with us. But I want everybody to, to just look at the slides that we're going to play here and rejoice. However you came to know the Lord, I want you to rejoice about that as you either listen to these guys sing or as you take part in singing. The people you're going to see on this slide, I know, came to know the Lord or came to know Him in a greater way in the moment you're going to be seeing here. This is kind of like a Lamar Avenue uh, Camp Deer Run, who's who among you kind of deal, over the last 40 years. But I want you to recognize that even though some of these pictures are goofy, what you're seeing is the picture portraying the partnership that we share um, with this church and with Camp Deer Run. And I also want to note that the song we're going to sing it comes from uh, the book of Luke when Mary goes to visit, visit Elizabeth. And um, in that moment, she proclaims glory to God and praise to Him because of what He's doing through her. And so let's give glory to God as we look at this, as we rejoice about who God is and what He's doing among us, and just enjoy seeing these pictures. So go ahead and, Kate, if you'll lead that song.
If you'll click back one slide there, back to the picture of the cross. Now, I know that some of those pictures are goofy, and you're kind of like, oh, what are we doing here? But for me, when I look at that, I'm not just seeing these pictures of something goofy going on. I'm, I'm realizing and recognizing the power of what is taking place in those moments and in those pictures. And I want you to know as we begin this morning that I just want to say thank you to this body, to this church, for the support that you give to Camp Deer Run, because you're enabling those moments to take place. You're enabling uh, the things that we're going to talk about here in just a minute to happen. And it's a wonderful blessing, and I just thank you for your partnership. Um, it is fun to look back at those pictures and see that there was some awesome hair going on for Gay Spencer in the six or 70s and 80s, and to just see uh, some of those faces. And what's crazy to me is I don't feel like pictures look that bad in those moments when we were there, like in the uh, those pictures of Clint and Clay and them, like that's my time at, at being at camp as well. But I look at them now and it's like, man, looks like it was forever ago the way that technology has come by. Um, but those pictures, they evoke emotion in us. And those pictures can say things that I never can and explain things that I never can. And I just want to say thank you for providing us with an opportunity to learn about God in this place, Camp Deer Run. Because I too... Uh, have come to know him through this wonderful place. Speaking of pictures, I carry just two pictures in my Bible, and you, you can't see this, but I'm going to hold it up anyway. But this is a picture of the tree line out at Deer Run, and I get to see it every day now. But when I was in college and when I was a camper, obviously I didn't get to do that. And on that picture, I, I wrote on the back of it, Deuteronomy 4.35, and I want to read that now, Deuteronomy uh, 4.35, if you want to look at that with me, you can. Deuteronomy 4.35, I can get there. It very simply says, You were shown these things so that you might know that the Lord is God, and besides Him there is no other. I feel like at Camp Deerun, that is what I was shown, is that the Lord is God, and besides Him there is no other. What a great lesson to be learned. I want to thank you because, because of your support, what you enable to take place, what you enable these young people to do, uh, starting today with another group of campers, is to help God become real 
in the lives of our children, our campers at Camp Deer Run. And that happens as the kids see God in His creation. They are surrounded by these towering trees. They're surrounded by what God has made. And they're surrounded by His people, His holy people, the Camp Deer Run staff. And in that time, whether the kid is five years old, whether the kid is 17, during all of that fun, during all of everything that's going on, they're beginning to see that God is real. And this message they hear about on Sunday mornings, this message they hear about from their youth ministers or their preachers, it's real. And see, we experience that at Camp Deer Run. We might hear about it at church or at other places, but I believe kids are coming to recognize that God is real. This whole thing we're studying and learning about is real from their experience at Deer Run. Another thing that is taking place is that their faith is becoming their own. See, at camp, you don't have preachers. You don't have youth ministers. You don't have anyone with real polished words speaking to the kids. Instead, you have someone that's just slightly older than them, someone they look up to, who's living for God, who's seeking after God with all their heart. And as the kids interact with the staff, as they have that separation from mom and dad and from preachers and youth ministers and all these wonderful things that they have all year long, that faith, that recognition that God is real and that I want to follow Him, it becomes their own. It's not something that is their parents anymore. It's not something that's just taught to them. It is their own. It is so special that that is taking place, and you're enabling that wonderful um, thing to happen at Camp Deer Run. And lastly, I feel like another key result that I see taking place is that our campers are experiencing the very best life, the very best life they can have the experience, and that's the life found in Jesus Christ. See, all the rest of our culture and the rest of the world is telling them to chase after all these different things, that they will fulfill them, that in these things you'll find pleasure. You should chase after money. You should chase after being cool. All the different things the world teaches. But Camp Deer Run is a shining light to say that the best life you can have, the very best life you can have, is found in Jesus Christ. And so this morning, to begin, I just say thank you. Because I truly know from my own experience in my life that God is real. And that this faith that I have, it's not anybody else's, it's my own. And that the very best life I can have every single day is in Jesus Christ. And I feel like that message is being given to our campers in an incredibly powerful, powerful fashion. Because it's not coming from people who are you know, biblical scholars. It's not coming from those who have studied for years and years and years. It's coming from a heartfelt group of young Christians who want to serve and who want to love. If you go to 1 Corinthians with me, I think this verse sums up what is taking place, what is causing so much passion for those of us who love Deer Run, um, because it's a picture. Camp Deer Run is working to give our campers a picture, not just share information, not just tell them about God, but to give them a picture of what Jesus looks like, of what someone who loves God looks like. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. You know, I think you could almost take the word demonstration and put in there a picture. You could say, but with a picture of the Spirit's power, 
so that your faith might not rest on man, but on God's power. A demonstration. Our campers are seeing a picture of Jesus in the lives of our staff. Our campers are seeing a demonstration of God's power through the, the service, through the love that these young staff members give to our campers. And a picture is powerful. We can relate to a picture. A picture stays with us throughout our life. And so we don't just learn that God is good and that God is love, but we've seen that through what takes place at Deer Run. And this morning, I want to talk about a powerful picture. I want to talk about something that I hope will evoke a lot of emotion in you. I want you to think about what I'm saying very personally, because this is a personal message. And the Bible is full of pictures. There are all kinds of analogies. There are all kinds of imagery uh, that are given throughout the Word. And those pictures are something that help us to understand uh, what God is trying to tell us. And at different times, they mean different things to us. So today is Father's Day. And so what greater day than to talk about our Father? And like I said, for me, this is an incredibly personal message because of my dad and who he is but also because I'm a dad, because I'm a father, and I have sons. And so I hope that you all will just enjoy this as we go throughout this, thinking about our Father and praising Him, recognizing who He is in our life. And this picture that we're talking about, this is something that has great meaning in our lives, and we can look at it, and we can think about a father and a son, or a parent and their child, and we can understand it, because all of us had a mom or a dad, and all of us, um, or most of us have kids as well. And so I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. We're going to look at verse 1 through 3. And it says, I'll give you a second to get there. Matthew 18, 1 through 3. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And this is a scripture that a lot of times I feel like I've run past. And I haven't really just settled on it and thought about this. But the more and more I have thought about change and become like a child, how does that take place? How can I do that? To me, when I think about becoming like a child, it is completely in relationship to recognizing who our Father is and what He has done and what He's doing in our lives. I want to just take a few minutes this morning and to think about children. I live in a world of children. I live in the world of Thomas the Train, of uh, whatever cartoon you want to talk about. Um, my boys are four years old and somewhere between one and two. I think he's like 18 or 19 months old. Kind of lose track of that sometimes. Um, you know, because at what point do you segue from months to years? I don't really know. Maybe it's at two years old. but So he's somewhere around whatever months that would be. Um, but so that's the world I live in is the world of children, but not only young children, but also at camp. Obviously, we have 200 kids uh, at Deer Run at a session. So last week we had... 160 kids that spent the night, and we had 40 day campers. We'll have that exact same numbers coming into this week. We also have our staff members that are 18 to 23, 24. A couple of y'all are older than that. Um, they, that's funny to us. Um, <laughs> but so at any given time at Deer Run, we'll have 
250 kids that are 5 to 22 years old. And the crazy thing, sometimes I, I look around and I'm like, this is crazy. So we'll have that many kids, 255 to 22 year olds, and over the age of 25, there might be 11 people on site. And most of them are working in the kitchen. It's an incredible thing that God is doing um, through the lives of these young people. But I want to think about children. And when I think about kids, there's a couple of things that come to mind. And the first one is their innocence. Children are just so innocent. And because of that, they are free in a way that you and I are not. You know, when's the last time that you just took off running for fun just to see what that felt like? My little boy yesterday had his cape on, and he's just running through the house, uh, you know, just to watch the cape fly behind him. He's just so innocent, so pure. He asked, it was kind of getting later in the day, so it was about bedtime. He asked, can we go outside? I just want to run. You know, when's the last time you just want to go run? Um, And not for exercise, but just because it's fun. Um, Children are so innocent. Um, we see that today when we go back to camp and we post the, the names of the cabins and which, or the names of the campers and their cabins, and those kids take off running because they want to get that top bunk. Like, that's the thing they want. I mean, how wonderfully innocent is that? Because who wants to sleep on the top bunk, really, right? Not me. Um, and we see that in the way that the kids sing at camp. When you hear one of the young campers singing around a fire, And just praising God with all their heart is so innocent. It's so wonderful to hear. If I was to give all of you a sheet of paper and say, draw me something, just whatever comes to mind. And then I ask whoever that thinks they're an artist to raise their hand. There'd be like three or four people that really, as adults, think they're an artist. But I guarantee you, my little boy thinks that he can draw so awesome. I think he can too. Um, Because that's what parents do. You tell them they can. But little kids... They don't, they're not constrained by the things that we are. They haven't, the culture hasn't uh, refined them so much that they're so structured and, and all this that they would view themselves as not a great artist or not creative. They're innocent. They're free. They're not worried. A huge thing is they're not polluted. Little kids are not polluted by this world and their thinking. A huge thing we could learn from children is they're slow to anger and quick to forgive. Children are not concerned with the perceptions of others. That's why they can be goofy and silly. They can dance and do all these things that the rest of us, as soon as we start doing it and looking around, we can't do it anymore because we've lost some of that innocence. And they're unfiltered. A kid just tells you what they're excited about. It just comes out of them. When they're excited about something, when we finish a game of Capture the Flag on Wednesdays at camp, I love the walk from the ball field up to the canteen because there are some tall tales being told There are some stories of excited kids who are saying, I was in the woods and I saw this or that and did this. When kids are excited, it just comes out. Become like a child. Where's our excitement? Where is our innocence? Are we walking around like we're guilty of something? Turn to to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. I think so often... We forget the fact that through Jesus Christ, we are innocent, and we are free, and we ought to be running the Christian life just full of joy, not worried, not confined, certainly not polluted by the world. Look at Romans 4, 7 and 8. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against them. 
Man, we got something to rejoice about. We have something to be excited about every single day and to share without a filter on, just like a kid would share a story or share a, you know, anything they're excited about. It just comes out of them. We are innocent through Jesus Christ. We don't need to be concerned about the perception of others and what they're thinking about us. We just need to tell others about our wonderful Heavenly Father. You know, I think about my dad. He's a big, strong man. He was a football coach for 30 years. Dr. J tells a good story about him because apparently when they were campers together, my dad was kind of nerdy. That's at least, you've never said those words, but that's what I get. Uh, is that Dr. J was not nerdy and my dad was. That's what I hear. Um, <laughs> but, but he says that one year my dad comes back and all of a sudden he'd hit that growth spurt and maybe the weights and dad was no longer so nerdy. And... Um, but when I think about my dad, and when I think about being a kid, I'm for sure that my brothers and I were those kids that were telling all the others, hey, my dad can beat your dad up, without question. You know, kids defend their parents and are excited to talk about their parents. I loved on Friday nights to tell everybody in my class that I was going to the football game, because I was excited about who my dad was. And I think that kids have this innocence about them, that when they're excited, they share it. And we need that. And we need to recognize who our Father is and be confident, assured, be free and excited to be a child of God. Become like a child. Recognize your innocence through Jesus Christ. Another thing a child is is dependent. Absolutely, 100% dependent. Children cannot take care of themselves. My little one that's somewhere between one and two years old, he has no chance on his own. He is 100% dependent upon my wife and I to provide for him everything he needs. His total well-being, his physical and emotional needs, he is looking to his parents for that. He's looking to his dad especially for, for, for protection. That's what kids need. You know, um, He needs nourishment, and he can't get any of this on his own. And when I think about this, immediately the scene I come to is when I'm tucking Drayton in, that's my four-year-old, to bed, and we put him in bed, and it's like always, there's going to be at least one time he gets out of bed, right? It's just got to happen that way. He gets out of bed, and he kind of comes in the room smiling. He says, Dad, I'm scared. And like, this is part of a game at this point. I don't think he's really scared. But we take him back to his room, and you tuck him back in. You tell him, and all of you, I hope that you're going in your mind to when you're tucking your kid in when they were scared. You're tucking them in, and you're telling them there's nothing to be afraid of. Well, the other night, and I told this to the staff during orientation, the other night, Drayton, he comes up with some good questions and statements sometimes. But he said, Dad, we're laying, he, I'm tucking him in bed, and he said, Dad, is God more powerful than ogres? Yes. Yes, he is. He said, Dad, is God more powerful than a green honeysuckle monster? Yes. I don't know what that is, but yes, he is. Is God more powerful than a black witch? Yes. Where have you heard about that? Yes, he is. And he says, is God more powerful than Satan? Yes, absolutely he is. And then I go on to tell him, because he's telling me he's afraid, what all of you have told your children. There's nothing to be afraid of, because Daddy's with you, and I'll protect you, and nothing's going to happen, because I'm here. And I also try to remind him that God is with him. But all of us go through our life striving after all these, even good things, working so hard to achieve great things for God's glory, working so hard to be this or that, 
and not totally recognizing every day I'm utterly, totally dependent upon God. And without Him, I can't do anything. And I get in these moments where I'm over my head. I don't know what to do. I'm in a situation that's beyond me. I can't handle it. And I know at that moment who i got to turn to. Because I'm just like my little boy being tucked into bed saying, Dad, I'm afraid. And God is there telling me, and He's telling you, Son, I am with you. And I am so much greater, so much more powerful than anything you're facing right now. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. And here we see Jesus reminding us to not worry. But I think that often we we've skip past what the other thing He's telling us. He's not just saying don't worry. He's saying remember your Father. Matthew chapter 6, verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. Our Father knows what we need, and He will provide for us. We can depend on Him. He will not let us down. Turn just a few pages over to John chapter 15, one of my favorite scriptures. John chapter 15. John 15, look at 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Gardener. Not the gardener, that's the Andy Gardener. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me you can do nothing." If anyone does not remain in me is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Apart from Him, we can't do anything. Why do we try? Why do we work so hard and not do it in the strength God gives us, not depending upon Him for everything we need? One thing the staff and I have been talking about over the last two weeks is the fact that God has entrusted work to all of us. Every single one of us have been entrusted with blessings and with tasks. He's given us those things to do. But the cool thing is, He's not giving us, He's not entrusting us with anything that He hasn't already prepared us to do and that He's not going to provide us with everything we need to do it. He supplies us. We can depend on our Father. We can become like children and put our faith, our hope, in Him and depend on Him. So the last thing I want to talk about is is kind of interdependent with being dependent, which is trusting. Children have this blind trust in the people caring for them. Children look to them and trust in their Father that, they, that He will provide for them exactly what they're depending on Him for. So my little boy depends on me that there will be food to eat. 
And he trusts that that will take place. He's trusting and depending upon me. When I think about trust, I think about a ladder. And if we brought a big tall ladder up here and I leaned it against a wall, when I start climbing that ladder, I am putting complete trust in the wall that it's going to actually hold me up. That is trust. As I get up there higher and higher, I am trusting on what I'm depending on. I'm trusting in what I'm, I'm depending on. I think that is the picture we get of our father and of a child. Go to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3. We're going to look at verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Also, let's look at Psalm 62. Psalm 62, we're going to look at 5 through 8. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. As we depend on God and we put our trust in Him, we, we know and we believe that He will deliver. And that He's given us so much good work to be about. He's supplied us already in advance to do it. We've got to trust in Him and be about that work. When I think about all of these things, when I think about a little child and their innocence, when I think about their dependence upon their father and the way that they trust in him, I just start thinking about my life and where is my walk with God not lining up with this picture, this very clear picture of become like a child, recognize who your father is. Where am I I falling short in that? I want to look at Romans 8 as our final scripture. Romans chapter 8. And this is really where our theme for this summer comes from, this thought of living beyond flesh, of not just chasing after the things of the flesh, but seeing beyond that, living beyond it. Um, And so Romans chapter 8 is is something very important to our staff this summer. I want to look at verse 12. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory." I don't know if you caught that. For a long time, I don't think I did. I'm a son of God. I am a son of God. And you are sons and daughters of the King Most High through Jesus Christ. Do we walk around with the confidence? Do we walk around with the assurance that I am one of God's children? That I'm innocent through Jesus? That my Father is who I'm depending and trusting in? And He will not let me down. Because He is greater than anything I will face in this world. He's more powerful than anything I'll encounter. He's prepared me for what He wants me to do. He's put His Spirit inside of me if I've been united through Christ, with Christ. 
It is an incredible thing to be a son of God and to know that's my Father. We have got to recognize every single day and live in the reality of that truth. I'm a child of God through Jesus Christ. I am His son. I am His daughter. One last story I want to share with you. I had a staff member a few years ago that I asked before her summer ended if she would write the story of how Camp Duran had impacted her life. And she had had a, a tough childhood. And she would had a very difficult time with her family, specifically with her dad. He wasn't someone she really celebrated. And so she wrote out her story. And the story is not what really impacted me, as awesome as it is. What impacted me is what she signed after her name. She wrote her name, and then in parentheses she put, Daughter of the King. It's incredible to think about that. I am a son of the King Most High. You are a daughter of the King Most High through Jesus Christ. We can become like little children, recognizing who God is, who our Father is. And we can celebrate every single day. We can walk with the freedom that comes from knowing Christ and living in Him. And we can tell others and impact this world just as God wants us to do if we will just live in the reality of that truth. So I encourage you this morning, as you think about Camp Deer Run, as you think about all the kids that are coming from this church out there today, and the experiences they're going to have as you pray about that, that you too would think about your life. How are you like a child in your faith? Have you become like a child, or do you need to change? And I pray that all of us would recognize we're innocent. We are righteous. We've been made holy through Jesus Christ. And that all of us would seek to depend upon God and to place our trust completely in Him. And I pray that as you do that, you would be blessed. If there's any way that this church can help you this morning, I want to invite you to come now as together we stand and sing.